Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Eric, thank you for taking the time to hop on, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Most definitely. Now, this is a question that's real important. Yeah, I know you know about the stats, the analytics. What are the odds that somebody somehow, some way involved in the NFL, this game, this Super Bowl, gets in trouble between now and Monday? Oh, I think it's pretty I think it's pretty high. I mean, we've seen it happen before, right? Barrett Robbins, Eugene Robinson. It's it's happened before. Um Maybe it's not directly involved with one of the teams, but I, I'm certain a media member uh, might might stumble across something uh, that that is unholy here and uh, and and make some news. Oh yeah, always always a media, or at least some media person will, will unearth it. Well, Eric, I know you're out in Vegas. What is the vibe? I know it's early on in the week. Things really don't get kicking until the Thursday, Friday. But I know a lot of the execs are in town. What's the vibe in Vegas already? Well, it's rainy and cold, which, like, if you ever wanted to know, like, what God would do if we ever held the Super Bowl here, you know now. Um, so that, that's that been a little bit weird uh, there. But, uh, it, it you know, the radio row feels about the same as most Super Bowls, but it is different that, you know, it's being held in Mandalay Bay where, you know, we have, uh, you know, uh, slot machines, blackjack tables, uh, sports books, uh, things like that. Um, the, you know, the stadium is really close to, you know, all the festivities, which is a little bit different. Um, but no, it feels really cool. You know, obviously you have two teams were here four years ago, uh, a little bit different now that the chiefs have gotten over the hump. San Francisco hasn't. Um, I think that there's a lot of pressure on the San Francisco 49ers and the chiefs feel like they're playing with house and money and they're relishing, uh, you know, that, that role of the villain. Eric Eager is here with us. He's the VP of Sumer Sports. Yesterday we had on your partner, Thomas Dimitrov, and he was able to provide us some perspective with his role, former role as a general manager, scout, executive, et cetera. What is your perspective on this game from a, a number standpoint? What do we need to look out for? Well, I think the, the big thing is both of these teams are built in different phases of the team building cycle, right? The Chiefs won the Super Bowl the first time against the Niners with Patrick Mahomes making, you know, rookie deal money and they're, you know, them able to have the superstars, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, you know, Frank Clark, uh, even to a lesser extent, Sammy Watkins, Mitchell Schwartz. Uh, you know, they traded Tyree Kill, built a defense, you know, eight players in the last three drafts, six, uh, you know, that are starting on the defense in just the 2022 draft alone one of the youngest teams in football, the first team in the NFL history with a quarterback making the most cap money uh, in the Super Bowl. Um, whereas the Niners, of course, they have a ton of superstars, five players who next year will make $20 million or more on the roster because Brock Purdy's making under a hundred uh, under a, a million dollars a year. You know, they're going to eventually have to be in that phase if they continue to work with Purdy, but they're, you know, a team with a ton of superstars surrounding a young quarterback, and so it'll be interesting to see, you know, from an analytics perspective, you know, sort of which one prevails. 
Well, Eric, you, you mentioned Brock Purdy. We've had so many conversations about Brock from a football perspective and, you know, what does he do on the field and what type of guy he is. His interviews are perfect. And there's also a lot of, I don't want to say accusations, but, hey, he's only good because of the dudes that surround him. When you take a look at the numbers and, and you possibly compare him to other QBs, you know, yeah, he's an, a, a finalist for MVP. Is he not contributing to the team as well? People just make it sound like he's plug-and-play. What do the numbers say about him? Well, he averaged 9.9 yards of pass attempt, uh, which, you know, my boss, Thomas Dimitrov, you know, when he – you know, when he and Kyle Shanahan went to the Super Bowl, you know, uh, just a few years ago, you know, Matt Ryan was at 9.3, and that offense was incredibly scary. Patrick Mahomes this year, just a, uh, for reference, was seven yards of pass attempt. So every time Brock Purdy threw the ball, uh, the 49ers averaged three more yards than every time the Chiefs threw the ball. So clearly Brock Purdy's doing something. Um, you know, and, you know, Mahomes has only one wide receiver with over 500 yards, only two players on his team with over 500 yards. So he's working with a lot less. Uh, but, you know, I think the time is now to, you know, look at Brock Purdy and say, you know, yeah, he's got a lot to work with, but he's clearly doing something with that. And, you know, in the, in the here and now, the, the Niners' job is to win this Super Bowl. And, and it's not, you know, none of our business right now to say, is he going to be worth the $50 million contract that, you know, a veteran quarterback is worth? That's, you know, for a future, for a future person to ask. But for right now, he's certainly worth, uh, you know, playing and 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 if you if you like the Niners in this game, betting on. Eric Eager is here with us, the VP of Sumer Sports. It's the JR Sport Re Show on CBS Sports Radio. When you think about the game in a whole, who do you give the edge to based on all the data and information that you have? Well, I think you know the the, the 49ers are favored, and you have to respect the markets. Um, I think about a month and a half ago, they probably would have been favored by closer to a touchdown. So the Chiefs have certainly gotten their act together. They were the worst playoff team in the league in terms of penalty differential. Uh, in terms of turnover differential, uh, but they've, they've turned it around. They haven't had a penalty until basically halftime of the last two games. They, they've only had tur- one turnover on offense the last two games. Patrick Mahomes has not thrown an interception after generating a career-high 14. You know, so they've, they're kind of the LeBron Cavs, if you will, you know, this year where the whole regular season they kind of messed around and they got it together in the second half of the year. Their defense is second-best in football. They deserve that. Uh, I think if they play their game, um, where, which is low scoring, fewer possessions, you know, force uh, the other team to play left-handed, I think that they're at an advantage. Uh, I think if this game becomes a track meet, I think that the 49ers are at a clear advantage. So I don't think the Chiefs, uh, if this game becomes one where the, the teams have to score in the 30s, I just don't think the Chiefs can. It's pretty amazing how the Kansas City Chiefs have been able to balance out the team a little bit more, more so even now relying a whole lot on their defense. Eric Eager is joining us here on CBS Sports Radio. When you think about the offensive explosion uh, in the NFL, are, are we primed to see just just more diversity in, in the quarterbacks and their skill sets? Or are we kind of moving away from the, the guy, 6'5", Herbert, standing there in the pocket delivering the rock? I think, I think so to an extent, but, you know, what we, what we have seen this year is more guys get hurt. Um, and when – and when you aren't that physical Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, you know, Justin Herbert player. I mean, Justin Herbert played all the entire 2022 season with broken ribs and took that team to the playoffs. When we saw Joe Burrow, who is a very good quarterback, but a little bit less physically imposing, play with a calf injury, it was a disaster. He was a uh, you know, league record holder for low uh, yards for pass attempts in September with a calf injury. Uh, I, I think you still, and, and this, you know, 
goes to Jaden Daniels. It goes to Caleb Williams, who's, I think, going to measure under six feet. I still think, even though the league is more conducive to smaller players of the position, more conducive to more athletic players of the position, I think you still need to have some size because, you know, since the 2011 CBA, the gap between talent on the defensive line and gap between talent on the offensive line has, has grown a little bit. And so quarterbacks are still going to get hit. A lot of the older players who, you know, were really good at protecting themselves, the Tom Brady's, Peyton Manning's, the Drew Brees's, those guys have obviously aged out of the league. And so we're seeing more injuries of the position and we're seeing more guys have to play hurt. And, you know, bigger quarterbacks play better when they're, when they're hurt than, than smaller quarterbacks. Eric Eager is here with us, knows all about sports analytics as it relates to the NFL. Uh, you know, I've had this conversation with a lot of, 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 lot of athletes. It doesn't matter if it's someone like uh, Terrell Owens or we want to talk about somebody on a defensive line or even an Emmett Smith. A lot of these dudes are not necessarily happy with just, just how less physical the game is. Do you think over the next five to ten years that I'm going to turn on an NFL game, and especially for the running backs, am I just looking at, hey, we got four out, five out? Am I looking at a track meet? It, the, the game is just, just all or nothing, it feels like. It, well, teams have, yeah, I mean, teams have, have used fewer men in the box over the course of the few. So what I mean is fewer linebackers, more safeties, uh, fewer defensive linemen, more linebackers. Uh, we've seen a trend. And what was really interesting is, you know, offenses were down this year, especially in the first half of the season. And the reason for it was defenses were actually much better this year at defending the run with fewer men in the box. Remember, we, when we were kids, you know, the way that you defended the run was you brought the safety down into the box and mm-hmm. made an eight-man box, and you stopped the run that way. You can't do that anymore because passing offenses will kill you. And so, you know, defenses have had to adapt. And, uh, you know, the first adaptation was to just play six or seven men in the box and give up the run. And, and deal with that and, and give up points that way in a slower fashion. But then defenses have gotten good at drafting guys like Jordan Davis and uh, empowering players like Vita Vea and, and, and the like, where those guys can actually stop the run by two-gapping with slighter boxes. And so offenses have, have struggled because th- that advantage has no longer been as big for them when they run the football on early downs against smaller defenses. Well, Eric, we, we know that the NFL is geared towards offense. It's geared towards entertainment. And this is, this is a matter in all sports. It, Greg Maddox, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, said chicks dig the long ball. Do you think that we are currently in a trend when it comes to young, offensive-minded head coaches and, and throwing the ball downfield? Or do you think we might find more balance at some point in the NFL? Well, the, the last hiring cycle was predominantly defensive coaches. We got, you know, Dave Canales went to Carolina and uh, um, Brian Callahan went to Tennessee. But for the most part, we got Dan Quinn. We got Raheem Morris. We got Mike McDonald. We got a bunch of defensive-minded coaches uh, getting head coaching jobs. And I think a lot of that was because, you know, a lot of the offensive talent, they got their jobs a couple of years ago. They got their jobs over the past few years. So, you know, it, it, the league is nothing if not cyclical. I agree with you that over – over time, if you look, if you zoom out, the trend is clearly towards offense. But I actually think that in the current NFL right now, we're seeing a little bit of a of a, of a decline in offense, and and a little bit of, and you know, because of the the retirements of some of these QBs and some of the injuries that we've seen to some of the good QBs like Herbert and Burrow, we're actually seeing a little bit of a renaissance in defense. Which I think some of us, you know, people who who love the game back all the way back to when we were kids, I think we welcome that a little bit. Well, Eric, uh, you, you take a look at some of the teams that need a quarterback in this upcoming draft. You mentioned Dan Quinn. We know that the commanders are going to be 
uh, in the market. When you think about who's available coming out of the draft, I should say, who do you think is going to make the easiest transition given their skill sets? I, I think that Drake May, you know, has some some really good traits to him as far as you know, quick release. Um, you know, he's okay at sack avoidance, which is something that I, I think we're going to have to have a tough conversation with with Jaden Daniels, who I really like, kind of at everything else, the running ability, the pat, you know, the rubbery arm that he has, the rubbery arm that Caleb Williams has. Um, but I think May, you know, combines you know the size, the arm strength, the movement skills. And he's going to go to Washington probably at two unless they trade up for Williams. Um, I think that that's going to be a good prospect for them. And, and you know, in the, in the secondary part, you know, in the, in the Bo Nix's, Michael Penix, Michael Penix took a sack on less than 10% of the time he was pressured uh, over the course of his career, both at Indiana and Washington. That is a trait that generally uh, propagates uh, from college to pro. And it's one where if you look at his, in history, some of the underrated quarterbacks in the NFL – uh, all the way back to Doug Williams and even Dan Marino, who I think is, it, it, even though in his Hall of Fame career, I think was underrated. Some of the guys who who won more games than people expected them to win were always good at avoiding sacks. Mm. And Michael Penix had that has that trait, and so does Bo Nix, uh, underratingly. So those are two guys that if I were, say, Carolina, or I was a team maybe that was looking to hedge their bets on their, their young quarterback and get a second guy in that room, those are guys that I'd look to uh, maybe day two. And so when it comes down to Penix Jr., uh, age and injury be damned, it's more so about what's in between his ears. Exactly. I think he's a good processor. I think he's accurate, of course. And he obviously had the great game against Texas, not as good against Michigan, but that's a you know, national championship defense. And when you're drafting a guy late first or, you know, as I said, day two is probably the better value for him. Um, you know, you're not getting uh, the perfect prospect. But as the Eagles showed with, with Jalen Hurts, you don't need a perfect prospect uh, to win football games at that position as long as you support him uh, and build the offense around him. And I, I think that's the kind of player that Penix, uh, and, and to a lesser extent, I think the kind of player that Bo Nix will be uh, at the NFL level. Well, Eric, final question for you as we wrap things up. Speaking of the draft, there is a guy already in the NFL. We've seen him, Justin Fields, unfortunately banged up here and there. What do you? Uh, what is your evaluation of the guy, and what do you think the Chicago Bears should do? Well, it's tough because I don't think that he's gotten necessarily the fairest shake there, right? The Komet was kind of the best option they gave him for a while. Darnell Mooney, the offensive line wasn't particularly good at first. They've done a better job over the years giving him uh, a you know, running game with Foreman and, and Herbert and giving him D.J. Moore. And, you know, Komet's done a good job. Darnell Wright was taken in the draft. But it just hasn't worked out. And, you know, if they stick with him, it's going to be at the opportunity cost of Caleb Williams or Drake May. And so they're probably going to have to take a guy high in the draft. And whether or not they keep fields around, a la, you know, Alex Smith with Patrick Mahomes or, uh, you know, Drew Brees with Phillip Rivers or something like that, he's not in the future plans for Chicago, which means he's going to have to be the quarterback somewhere else. And we've seen that happen with, you know, like I said, Alex Smith. We've seen that happen with Drew Brees. Guys can have, you know, great, you know, Baker Mayfield just even this year guys can have good second stanzas uh that's got to be the hope for fields now uh, well, eric thank you so much for, for coming through and dropping the knowledge uh, where can people keep up with you your work there's so much insight that you have fill us in yeah sumersports.com at sumersports on 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 x and twitter i'm at eric eager underscore on both uh sumersports.com we have a big game breakdown where we have a 41 page preview of the super bowl this week uh if any you you dabble in prop bets if you want to just look at the stats in the game uh, we have you know never before 
before seeing stats and previews of the big game. So I would love for uh, everybody in your audience to check that out. And I really appreciate you having me on. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 